0: Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. All right, we are recording. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another live recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm Kevin Daisy. I'll be your host. I'm also the founder of Array Digital where we exist to help law firms fill their pipeline with use of digital marketing. So got a guest coming in today from Colorado Springs, Colorado, Stephanie Randall. Nice to meet you and thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for joining me today. So what I like to always do, we like to keep these conversational, have a little fun, and I like to have, you know, uh, the conversation go where it needs to go. So uh, that's why I like to first ask you to just tell us your story. What thing triggered you to get on this path to become an attorney? And, of course, you've had a lot of success in your career. Uh, so kind of take us through that journey of how you got to where you are today as well.
1: We don't want to start at childhood, probably. We don't have that long.
0: <laughs> which kindergarten <candy> um, <laughs> class did you go to?
1: So I actually am a vocal music performance undergrad. So I am I had an arts background, which is different, I think, than most attorneys. And while I was in college, I started kind of feeling around for something else I might want to do to make a living. And I ended up just accidentally sort of taking a business law class. And I had a really great professor, um, Mark Peacock is his name. And ironically, he has moved from Tennessee, where I met him to Pueblo, Colorado. And he's a professor in Southern Colorado. And I like to think that's because I have so much draw, obviously, very compelling. But anyway, so I took a class from him and I just loved it. I loved everything about it. And of course, when I was a kid, I was a middle child and my parents always said, you know, like I was very argumentative, that's what they say, and that I was gonna be a lawyer. Um, And we always just laughed it off, but I did in fact love it. And so when I graduated from, college I went to school to be a paralegal and this is before the the real estate and market you know in recession bubble in 2008 2009 so at that time if you went to work at a law firm and you did a really good job they could potentially pay for you to go to law school and that was my goal and then, of course, the recession hit, and lawyers were having trouble even getting jobs. So I decided to go to school at night while I was working um, to become a paralegal, because I was hoping that I could at least get my foot in the door. And then I met a really incredible attorney in Alabama. His name's Bob Bryan, and he owns a firm there. He's an excellent lawyer, and he was he was breaking off from a firm there in Walker County, and. He asked me to come be his paralegal and at at first it was just me and him and he handled all kinds of cases and I learned a ton from him. He's just an incredible trial attorney and I got bit by the bug for family law at that time. Um, just based on some cases that he had. And I don't know that he had any passion about family law. It was just sort of a bread and butter kind of thing he was doing. And then at some point after I'd worked for him for a few years, I asked him, hey, I'm thinking about going to law school. And he said, you know what, I think you'd be good at it. So I sat for the LSAT and put my house up for sale and packed everything up into a moving van and, and drove to Kansas to go to law school. What was beneficial about that was obviously I knew what kind of law I went into. So I specialized in family law during law school. And and then when I uh, graduated, I knew I was coming out to Colorado, which is a great place to practice family law. And I settled here in the area, you know, passed the bar and got sworn in. And about a year into my practice, I met Todd Burnham and he asked me to come work for him. I was opposing counsel on a case. And I went to work for him. And at the time, the firm was really just starting out and getting feet under it. And it's grown and it's had a huge evolution since then. But the firm itself is about 10 years old and it started out as a bankruptcy firm. And then, and of course, that was from the recession, which was the only way you could make a living at that time because no one could afford to get divorced. But I think at some point he thought... I should be a family law attorney. That seems like a way to make money. And he bought a family law book and decided he was going to like teach himself. And he's not, not all that great at it. There's certain things he's really good at, but that wasn't one of them. And, and he, had you. He, he did find me he, that that's one of his talents is talent acquisition. So <laughs> anyway, and he's, he's had a lot of growth that's led the firm to where it is, but we've grown exponentially and, I, you know, I still love family law, but our firm itself has, you know, several divisions. We have personal injury and we have a civil and appellate division. We have bankruptcy and probate and we have a criminal defense division. And the largest portion of our firm still is domestic relations, but it's been quite a journey and it's caused a lot of personal growth for me. And certainly a lot of growth in the people that are around me, including Todd.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, you know, I took a look at your website, which uh, by the way, everyone listening, it's uh, down at the bottom of your screen if you're watching. And if you're listening, it's uh, burnhamlaw.com. So it's B-U-R-N-H-A-M, law.com. Check it out. Really cool site. Very unique. Yeah, just looking at your team page, it seems you guys uh, have definitely had a lot of growth and uh, have a fairly large team. So tell us about some of the offices, locations, and then uh, how many attorneys and staff do you have?
1: Sure. So, if you want to know more in depth about our story, probably the best place to hear about that is um, on Todd's podcast, which is Deep Bench with Todd Burnham. But we have offices in Fort Collins, Boulder. We have an office in Denver Cherry Creek, and then we have two offices in the Denver Tech Center, Greenwood Village, and then we have our Colorado Springs location. And our we, we've set our sights on getting into Southern Wyoming next, and potentially Texas. Those are our next stopping places. But we uh, we have. About 20 attorneys. There's my light that was gonna flick off because we're very <laughs> you energy. Called it. Yeah. It really wasn't
0: that big a difference.
1: <laughs> it, yeah. We're moving in that direction, but we have about 20 attorneys and we have about 75 employees. And it's quite the machine between all of our divisions. And the, the divisions themselves are are pretty self-sufficient and they have their own management and teams and we have incredible and, and you know, very talented people that are really hardworking and passionate about what they do here at the firm.
0: That's excellent. And you're the glue that holds it all together.
1: No, <laughs> that would be very self-important of, of myself, <laughs> but yeah. we, uh, it, it takes all of us to hold it all together. And I think it's sort of a united purpose and a united passion and belief in one another. And I know this sounds like super cheesy, but. You know, we have a lot of mutual respect for one another, and um, we also have our friendships. And the a lot of the structure of the firm has been built over time, like on our blood, sweat, and tears. That you know, shared experience is built like quite a friendship and relationship. And
0: great culture, I assume.
1: Yes, we have a fantastic culture. I'm really proud of that in particular. I, like, I can't say that that's always what it was. In fact, we had a pretty toxic culture when the firm was first growing. You know that's just changed a lot, and we have a big emphasis on mentorship and teaching. We kind of consider ourselves to be a teaching hospital, and you know that people are in apprenticeships and kind of the old way of how attorneys were taught. I think I think at some point there was a shift to sink or swim, and you know just amongst attorneys, just because nobody had time to teach, and you know so people you know breaks down your mental health, and you know your license is at risk, and it's just a lot of negative stuff so myself and some of the others kind of got together and said well what is the experience that we wish that we had had when we were learning and let's yeah. create that for other people and so that's that's what we do and i'm i'm incredibly proud of it and it's you know it's it's a safe environment for people to learn and it's a safe environment for people to teach and you know it's not one of those things where you can't admit that you don't know something you know if you've been practicing practicing for a few years and you think well I can't ask this question because I should already know the answer, but, you know, maybe you just didn't run into a case that had it or, you know, maybe you knew it at some point, but you don't know anymore that, you know, it's definitely a safe place. And we do a lot of self-teaching and we hold a lot of, you know, like classes and sort of lunch and learns and that kind of thing. So we we invest a lot of time in not only teaching people the law, but improving people themselves. So we have a big emphasis on, you know, healthy work life balance and attending to your mental health. And, you know, our culture too, is if, you know, someone's having a hard time or they need some time off, you know, and they say, Hey, I, you know, be able to do X, you know, they don't have to give an explanation about it. It's just, Hey, you know, sounds good. Your family needs you. We get it. And I, I think that's a good, you know, a good place to be. And I think, I think it's how it should be everywhere.
0: No, I love that. And it, you know, it takes all those things that you're talking about, you know, you can't just have a process and be like, all right, everyone, here you go, do this and, you know, and change too. You know, my firm, we've changed a lot over the years and we'll probably have a lot more change and it's, you know, it can be tough on people too and figure out where you want to go and it takes some time to get there. So really cool what you guys have done with that. And uh, yeah, so you're on this podcast listening, Todd, the founder has his own podcast I haven't got really to take time to s- listen to a whole episode, but uh, it sounds really well produced and it's kind of conversational style like this. It's something I would definitely check out, and that's I think that's linked off your website. Yeah. So um, if you visit that, you can find I believe somewhere on the site. Is it Deep Bench with Todd?
1: Bench with Todd Burnham. He also has a book coming out that's about comebacks, and um, he spoke recently at a Mensa conference in in Texas talking about you know comeback strategies and it's not just for attorneys it's it's talking to people that have even you know significant physical events like medical events or you know addiction or emotional issues business owners you know people who have ended up you know, in financial straits and that kind of thing and you know, oh, kind of how you have to get your mind right to to turn things around and what it takes to succeed. And it's really, you know, it's it's from his own learning experience. He's not like a certified life coach or anything like that. It's <laughs> you know, he's been through the ringer himself. And, you know, I saw I'm I guess I had the benefit of seeing a lot of it kind of from the sidelines. And I know what it looked like. It looked like like he had gone insane probably because he was on some level, but it took that level of like investment and passion and dreaming and pushing for that dream. Like when he, he could see something, you know, that the rest of us couldn't see. And I think he realized like we, we were a good firm, but we could be great. And, and trying to help us all change our perspective so that we, we knew what we were all headed towards and that it was bigger than where we were at that moment. And so we get comfortable with living in the uncomfortable now and (laughs) and we embrace that because it, you know, like nobody loves change, but the fact is that, we should all be changing all the time and we should be pushing each other to change and all, you know, all in good ways. Like, you know, be a better spouse, be a better person, you know, be environmentally conscious and, you know, work towards like greener existence, you know, for our earth and and our environment in the future. And it's all a lot sometimes and, you know, even our physical health and Like before I met Todd, I'd never even been to a gym really. (laughs) And uh, after I met him, you know, I was like meeting with a personal trainer all the time and really learning about nutrition and just things that you would not associate with work or being an attorney, but even, you know, individual therapy and like just working on, you know, processing trauma because everybody has trauma or referred trauma or secondary trauma and, you know, working on those things, being a better communicator, um, learning how to be a better leader. And we're pushing each other on all aspects of being a human being. And it's, you know, it can be a bit overwhelming at time, but, times, but <laughs> I think the result is that you get really incredible, you know, extraordinary people out of it. And, you know, even if people are with us for a short time, I think we made a make a positive difference in in their experience, not just as an attorney.
0: Yeah, that's, that's excellent. And we have done some of the things you mentioned, and, and I think it's been uh, really cool to do. And we have like a fitness channel and we, we do a lot of that stuff. like. But what you're doing sounds really awesome. And I think another thing, what it does, it creates a culture too, that if someone's not necessarily a fit, but they still make it in the door somehow mm-hmm. through interview process, it, it's kind of clear that they probably aren't a good fit at some, you know, pretty quickly. Right? I don't
1: know. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't call this exclusionary, but I think just being associated with people that have a focus like that you'll develop that focus yourself. Like I said, I didn't have that focus at all. And I wouldn't have ever believed you if you had said, you know, hey, you're gonna miss being at the gym during the pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) I would have thought you were a crazy person, but- um, I went more
0: during the pandemic than I did before. I,
1: I haven't really during the pandemic, but I, I really miss it. And here's yeah. your mood lighting again. I but, that um, in our office too. Yeah, it's been a really cool thing. And it it just opens up a lot of doors, you know, when you're operating on a higher level and you're hitting on all cylinders because you're not eating like, you know, garbage all the time. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying you can't like grub out on some Saturday here and there, but those things make it, they just make a big difference. Well, you,
0: you surround yourself with those types of folks and you all work together. That's it's going to be a positive change for everybody so i think it's great i'll switch topics a little bit so you got some growth you've been growing pretty rapidly the whole time a lot of change and you got some other ideas you already mentioned some some future growth i guess it doesn't matter which practice areas but what has really been effective uh, from a marketing or something that's kind of unique that you've done to to get clients in the door and of course you have multiple locations so what's really been effective for you hey there this is eric j olson the CEO of ArrayLaw. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021.
1: I think one of the most powerful things has been grassroots, just being excellent and plan to return or refer other people. I think we get just over a third of our client volume from that. And I, I think that's incredible. And that also helps with like our organic rankings and, you know, and of course that has to do with content and the website being strong. We do podcasts. We do a lot of like informative videos or recordings. And I think those are helpful. We try to put a lot of information out there that's free, but valuable. Like we have a a Facebook page. We have a like informative brochure sometimes we'll send out information about, you know, here are free or low cost resources in the area. Um, So not driving at necessarily creating clients, but fostering what's already there. Um, Our personal injury division in, in particular has been built on personal relationships with, you know, professionals in the area that requires, you know, connecting with people and helping them understand that, we're a quality over quantity law firm and that we're not looking to drive numbers, we're looking to drive, you know, specific clientele. And so that's been really powerful. And um, we also have a big part of our practice is a is pro bono. That was uh-huh. one of the things that I had a focus on, which was especially serving children and families that didn't have access. So basically they they could never afford to hire us.
0: Sure. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: You know, just kind of equal access to justice. And we have something um, called the Nancy Burnham Equal Access Project, and it provides entirely pro bono um, representation, usually to victims of domestic violence. So we put a lot out there into our communities and the environment, and I think it comes right back to us. Yeah, Um, sounds good. uh, We also put a lot of focus on our website, and, you know, if you look at it It looks like a Nike campaign, so it's very
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's a nice website. It's different. It's it's modern. It's
1: yeah, it doesn't look like your typical, like in Colorado, there'll be like a wallpaper with the mountains and some like deciduous trees or something. And then, your know, typical like attorney in front of some law books kind of situation. Yeah, we, we don't have any. There. There. <laughs> like come into our mahogany desk with our leather bound books. Like that's, <laughs> that's not us. We're, we're a paperless company and we, we, you know, our focus is on the people, not on ridiculous like stereotypes. So it, it really does. Like you can go look at our website and yeah. we're, you know, we're very competitive. Um, I think if you ask around people will say, Oh, they're, they're, they're litigious or they're overly aggressive. And I always consider that to be a compliment because we're not, we're strategic, but people who are afraid to go to court or who don't want to face us down in court. That's the first thing that they'll say is, well, they're litigious. Well, I don't know. Welcome to talking to trial lawyers, you
0: know? Yeah. No, I think what you guys have in the brand and the, the approach and stuff is is great. It's it's nice to see something different like that. And yeah, there's just so, I mean, I talk to a lot of lawyers and managed partners. We have, you know, we do just marketing for attorneys, so we have clients as well, but I can't count how many bad sites I see in a day, you know, that are just, they're not just websites. That's just one piece, but that's an extension of your brand of your firm. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think you guys have done a great job there. Um, I assume you do a lot more in like SEO and other digital aspects as well.
1: Yeah, but we've what we found is as, you know, as we've honed our craft that we have to do less paid advertising and we're able to hone that in.
0: You're saving the planet people, one light at a time.
1: This is how I keep from getting blood clots during the days. I have to shift <laughs> from working at my computer. But anyway, I think that as we've gotten better at honing our practice and making sure that we serve people well, that we we have to do less and less paid advertising. And I think that our return clientele is responsible for a little over a third percent, like a third. And then I think around 15 or 20% is organic SEO, which is fantastic. And then, you know, the rest of it's other referral sources or or, our paid advertising. So, you know, it, it did not used to be that way. It used to be, you know, we were paying to get all of those leads and, we were having to work on paring that down. So it wasn't quite so expensive.
0: Yeah, no. Well, take it from me. It's, uh, we think the same way. So for us, it's obviously the firm and, you know, we can't really change our client necessarily on that part of things, like how they operate and what they care about. But the, yeah, the website and organic, you know, we, we're heavy on that. And, and we believe in that more strongly. Our clients that advertise only if they feel they need to, after those other things are completely dialed in, but or if you have to advertise, say you're a new firm and you have to get something going, get some the phone ringing, but you need to start. You need to be investing in those other things immediately, right? And so you don't have to rely on those advertising uh, methods. And like you said, you can just keep spending. And totally. if you stop, the the leads stop immediately,
1: right? Um, yeah, and the, quali- the
0: quality of the quality leads are definitely lower too. We've seen yeah. that across. The board.
1: I think once we did some learning about understanding like what keywords generated. A particular clientele that helped us to understand, you know, more what we needed to hone in on as well. We do, do some radio, but only if we have specific things that we're looking for, just because I don't, I don't know that really that's great marketing anymore for most areas of law, but unless, unless you want to be a, a personal injury glut, if you're looking for, you know, just thousands of small cases where yeah. you see those big billboards and that kind of thing.
0: Well, you know, for me, you know, traditional, I call it traditional, I should go to our website. We have a great uh, traditional versus digital articles out there for law for lawyers. But so, you know, some firms, if they, if you just want to dominate your, your market and just be everywhere and you TV and radio and all that stuff. And and so that's more like you want people to remember you when something happens. Um, And that takes years and years and years to really develop. Right. And you have to spend a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, versus, you know, versus if you're number one on Google for organic and your three pack and the maps, you can get those searches. And when people are looking, they don't remember your name, they go to, they go Google and find it. So.
1: Yep, and that's what we've been heading for, and we we have definitely been able to arrive at that. And you know, like as you're well aware, it, it take, it's it's a multi aspect. Thing it's it's not just you're doing one thing right, you know. Well,
0: like you said, the videos. So videos that's all mm-hmm. part of organic. That's uh, answering people's questions yep. with the an article and a video and whatever, right? So uh, there's a great book out there. Uh, they ask you answer. So mm-hmm. it's all the questions your clients might have. Do a video about each one of those questions and answer it, and then put it on your Google My Business. Write an article. So you know sometimes it's just, but it's different. You know different approaches in different areas that you can put that content. Yep. Um, the podcast, there's actually, a, we had a guest on, not had a guest on a few months ago. They're a divorce attorney in Colorado, uh, outside of like Aspen area. They only do really high end, high net worth. They have a podcast about divorce and they just talk about divorce on the podcast and they get a ton of clients from it.
1: Like our podcast is more individual development versus being a lawyer. And we have another podcast that's going to be starting soon that has, has more to do with that. And we'll probably have a lot of different guests on and that kind of thing. But I, I think it's more to tell Todd's story and to kind of inspire people or encourage people to make the kind of changes that it takes to, to hit those pinnacles you're looking for in your life. And, you know, that's scary and hard to do, but that's every day here.
0: Yeah. Well, no, I think, you know, definitely if you're listening, check out, check out the podcast because you're, you're going to hear from a, an attorney who owns his own firm, who's been able to do amazing things. And as is- you know, still trying to do even more amazing things. And, you know, some of you listening right now, you know, there's a lifestyle business too. I'm actually talking to a gentleman today, owns a firm in Virginia. And he even used that term. I'm a lifestyle business. I, I do this for a lifestyle. Yep. I'm not looking to just blow up overnight and grow. So, and that's totally cool too. So I think, you know, you know, to each their own. And, uh, you know, but I think Todd's probably can share a lot of good stuff on his podcast. That would be helpful. Um, even if you're looking for a lifestyle, you still have, You know, some employees and a team, your culture, you know, you want to take care of them. So there's a lot you can learn from that and listening to what Stephanie has to share today. So you you give me a little hint. Last question before we wrap up. What does the plans look like for the next year to five years from a growth perspective? You mentioned a couple of states that you're looking to get into.
1: I, I guess I don't want to be like political or, or controversial, but we, we were seriously <laughs> looking at Texas, but we haven't been real thrilled about some of the recent, you know, legislative decisions that have come out of Texas and it, it's sort of making us hesitate heading there, you know, and I, I don't know if that it swings <laughs> all the way to one direction and then it corrects itself. It swings all the way to the other direction. So maybe it's just in one of those moments, but Southern Wyoming is right, is very near our Fort Collins office. And um, okay. so it's an really easy reach for us. So we've been looking at that. We could do the same thing in, you know, Southern Colorado. Um, Cause we kind of have a, like a four corners area down there at the corner of the state, but We have some attorneys sitting for the Hawaii bar and we have some California licensees and a couple more sitting for the California bar. So that that may be where we head next instead of Texas. But as far as growth in the next couple of years, our growth has been so exponential, especially even during the pandemic. I think we've grown 40 percent in the last two years. And that's, you know, that's despite already having really rapid growth over the span of the firm. What our growth is in right now is in development of leadership, like our, our individual leaders and developing you know their strengths and working on them with weaknesses, helping their individual teams, sort of what we call like micro teams to function really well. We're looking at like continuance of not only quality control in how we handle cases, but in being able to perpetuate the, the way that we mentor and the, the culture of the firm to make sure that in our growth we don't lose those aspects because we consider those to be the most important things that we have. And of course, as you have different personalities in the mix, you know, people have different ideas about how things should be done. And we, you know, not, not that people can't be individual in how they lead, but we have to make sure we don't lose. You know what we've worked so hard to build, and we honestly like our case pipeline coming in is so large that it's a constant. You know, bringing people in to train them to be excellent, to then have them manage cases, and then if they're interested in mentorship and teaching themselves, then teaching them to be leaders and and kind of handing some reins over to them a little bit at a time. Like again, so that they're that is perpetuated in our growth. And that is our challenge right now is, and, and that's what I'm constantly thinking about every day and working with each of my leaders to, to meet their needs and to foster their growth and to have really transparent and hard conversations with people when expectations aren't being met, but in a, in an inspirational way and not in a way that's, you know, like degrading or, or demeaning. Because that's not, you know, that's not what we're looking for. We're looking truly for people to to grow in their position. Yeah. And, and I think we're lucky because the people that we have here, that's their common interest too. And as long as, you know, as long as we have these common interests aligned, it works. And we're really careful about what we call like Mr. Green coming into the room. And, you know, because when money shows up, that's when everything changes, right? In the firm, our philosophy is that if you make money for the firm, then you make money. And in leadership, it's if your team is functioning well, then you're making money. And we don't, there's not favoritism where it's like, well, this person has been here longer, so they get a piece of a pie without it being something that they earn. That's not how it functions here. It's sort of like a machine, right? And we have these three expectations of this, of the function of that person's machine, and what looks like winning is those functions working like on, yeah. on all three of those. Not something functions. you
0: did prior or years ago.
1: Ex- exactly. It, yeah. Or is your machine winning, basically? And if it is, then that's fantastic and that's going to be rewarded. And if it's not, how do we get it there, right? And I mean, that, that really is, that's every day for me is just kind of thinking about what our growth looks like what it takes to sustain what we've already built and how to, how to meet people's individual needs. So I care very much about like within our organization, how people are, are doing on a personal level and, you know, just trying to understand like where people are at and what, you know, what do they need for their machine to function properly? And again, like I, it may sound very cheesy, but you know, we found that when you focus on that individual person's needs, And, you know, trying to get to a yes, you know, if they're like, Hey, I, I really need X. Well, I'm going to do my best to try to say yes to it. You know, even if it's a compromise or trying to figure out how to make different pieces fit a certain way, just because that's what I think leads to someone staying with an organization longer is not these arbitrary sort of old-fashioned workplace ideas where you're like, well, you have to fit into the cog as it is, right? <laughs> that's a very old way of thinking. And and frankly, I don't think it's going to work for Generation Z, who is entering our workplace right now. They have a very different set of needs. And for a yeah. long time, all that people have been talking about are millennials. I am also a millennial. barely, but yes. So like, I think that that's been mm-hmm. the conversation for so long. And it's you know it's shifting rapidly and if you've been working with any any Generation Z employees you've already noticed it I guarantee. It.
0: <laughs> I got a couple I think. Uh, look what millennials have accomplished here. Me and Stephanie exactly. here on a show.
1: Yeah, totally. No, I've always I'm sure every millennial out there is annoyed at the bad rap that we've gotten and um, there's nothing that gets me annoyed more than hearing someone say something like. Well, when I took out a loan, I was expected to pay it back. And I'm like, yeah, Joker, but you weren't paying compounding interest that was set by the federal government that's like impossible to repay. It's not that I don't want to pay my student loans. I just want like a functional ability to do it while I have a house. And I'm in that little the tiny bisection of the zennials. Like there's like a four or five year segment of us that's a little bit yeah, different. I was born uh, in
0: 82. So yeah,
1: you are too. Then you're a zennial as well. But
0: I, I, I didn't realize I was a millennial. I got an award, Millennial on the Move award, for like my whole region or city or whatever, and I was like, "What? I'm not a millennial. This is crazy." I was kind of upset by it almost, and then I realized, "Oh, okay, I guess I am technically." But so then I had to write a whole I had to write a whole thing about why I love my generation. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. Well,
1: the thing that's been ironic to me, and I'm sure it's happened to you, is. For the last few years, every time like a like a younger person is in the workplace and causing problems, they're like, Oh, they're a millennial. And I'm like, No, they're not. They're too young to be a millennial. They're generation Z. And
0: I feel like we're getting stuck with them too. Like, you know, we're
1: avocado toast okay, but that's not us.
0: I'll take a cheeseburger. Well, I love what you said too. I think you know, it's anyone listening that's growing a bigger firm and I've had quite a few large firms on on this podcast, maintaining that culture, I think, is definitely something that you know I'm me and my business partner, we're trying to, to do as well, and we have 22 or so, uh, so we're not quite the size you are, but that's difficult to build teams and add managers and and making sure that they're going to pass these things down. And yeah, what has helped us, I think we do one-on-ones with our staff every week, individually, one-on-one, more personal conversation. It's not nothing mm-hmm. to do about work although the employee tends to bring work back into the conversation, but yeah. because that's all we do, but <laughs> right. you know, we, we try to be like, is there anything personal going on you know, is there anything we can help you with outside of work or do you need any time off or, or whatever, but you know, so we, we try to keep chats like that, but yeah, I think at your size, that'll be challenging to can, you know, to maintain that culture. I'm That's sure you can do it
1: only our challenge, but we we're dedicating a lot of time and energy to it. And, you know, I have confidence that we'll be able to, and if for yeah. some reason, I think that we can't, I think we'll probably stay the same size that we are because we don't losing what we've built just yeah. like I said, to, to be large, but yeah. I have a lot of confidence in the people that we have here and, and their individual growth just because, you know, when you have shared goals, it's, it's easy to build something.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love everything you had to share. Well, I appreciate your time today. Everyone listening, I think, you know, you learn a lot from what Stephanie's had to share and what uh, her, I guess, the owner, the founder, uh, Todd, has been able to do in his podcast. And it sounds like you guys have another podcast coming out. But I would say go check a look, you know, go take a look at their website, birdamall.com. Totally different kind of look and feel, uh, different approach. There's tons of video and content. And take a look what they're doing. It's, it's pretty amazing. If, if that's the way you want to go, um, and I think you know, if you're not trying to be this big, huge firm, it doesn't matter. I think what they've done, what they've done, would apply to anybody to have a firm, even if you want to just maintain a good book of clients. Your appearance, uh, organic versus paying for ads all the time, uh, can be you know be a huge benefit to you. So uh, yeah, take a look at what they've done, and I think you can learn a lot. So seven, okay. thank you for sharing today. Anything else you want to add before we go?
1: No, just uh, don't eat a ton of. Horrible food for you this November and December.
0: <laughs> oh man,
1: <laughs> you gotta right. you gotta keep it tight.
0: Yeah, the holidays are coming up quick. It's actually I'm in Virginia Beach, Virginia. It was like 80 yesterday, and today it's like 50.
1: Are you gonna That's be raising your kids' Halloween bucket soon?
0: Yeah. Well, no, you just told me not to. So <laughs>
1: whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Halloween's uh, I think what's next? Not this sweet Sunday, sweet Next sweet. Sunday. My daughter's uh, her birthday. She turns to eight the day on Saturday. And then we're flying to Palm Beach, so I better not eat too much candy.
1: Yeah, you'll be in candy glut. Well, thanks so much
0: for sharing everything. I I I love what you had to share and what you guys are up to, and a lot of crazy growth. So good luck with that. And everyone else, this episode will be up on the podcast soon. If you're already listening to it now, obviously it's already there. But if you want to check this out anytime, the video version will be up on our website here in the next couple of days. You can go to raylaw.com forward slash podcast. And then if you need any help doing what they have done with Burnham, like nice website, all the organic content. That's what we do. So if you need help in, uh, in that area, please reach out and go to RayLaw.com. Reach out to me or someone on my team. We're happy to help. Um, and if not, connect with Stephanie. I'm sure she can uh, pass on a lot of tips to you. Stephanie, is there another way that people can connect with you directly if they wanted to, other sure. than the website?
1: My email is stephanie at burnhamlaw.com. It's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E at burnhamlaw.com.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. Stephanie, we'll chat here in a minute after we stop recording.
1: All right. Everyone else, have
0: a great day.